Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hello, everybody. We are back. Yes, that's right. After a year off, the Fast Action Friday podcast is back. For those who didn't catch us the first time round, I'm Pitsy, and as part of the original crew. We do have the original crew here for you as well, but we have updated the team. Uh, we have added Lewis. Welcome to the meet teammate. Introduce yourself. Where can we find you? All that sort of jazz. Yes, yeah, great to be here. Um... I've been writing for Five Yard Rush through the off-season and I had an article come out this morning about injuries and, yeah, it's just great to be here. I'm so happy football is yeah. back and me and Rob had a little chat about last night's game this morning and, uh, yeah, just uh, buzzing awesome. to be here. Yeah, buzzing to have you on the team, mate. And as you can hear him as well, you can see him on the live video. Uh, we, as I said, the original crew is here. Rob, hello, welcome back. Thank you very much. It is good to be here. Glad we managed to revive it. You know, we'd been talking about it last season, just didn't get around to it. But yeah, 2022 was was the year for us to bring it back. And 
Yeah, um, I've been doing lead editing for the redraft team. Um, and that's been my primary job at the moment, to be honest. Uh, but I have put a few articles out and, you know, just glad to have my voice on the air again with Fast Action Friday. It's very exciting. Amazing. Love it. Right then. Okay, so the show's title states that this is Fast Action Friday, so we've got to make it short and snappy. 20 minutes-ish. We'll give, it, give or take. Um on a Friday, going through quick-fire segments to help you get ready for the weekend ahead. So, first up, straight into it, mate. Thursday night throwback. Now, all right, so this is the quick look back at Thursday night's game. Which plays stood out for you? All that sort of jazz. Um, so, yeah, Rams versus Bills. Uh, covering quarterback straight in. Game of... Th- Two halves a bit, really. The uh, They had three interceptions as well for Stafford, which is a little bit iffy with that shoulder. Or his thro- Sorry, it's his thrown arm, isn't it? I don't know. Is it his elbow? Yeah, it's, it's um, tendonitis, isn't it? There's a bit of tendonitis yeah. in there. So that, I mean, they said he was good to go, but whether that was just rust or whether he's uh, feeling it or not, I don't know. But yeah, it's, uh, the Bills' defence seemed to have him uh, pegged back. And uh, two for Allen as well, which... Some were a little bit iffy, but he uh, he did some good things to counter that, which was pretty impressive as well. So he was a leading rusher. He had a great highlight reel, deep passes a couple of times as well, three passing touchdowns and his rushing touchdown as well. And that connection with Diggs and Davis is still strong. He's planting his flag and letting know everybody that he is balling. Uh, so we talked about Stafford. He had the one passing touchdown, it was actually quite a nice highlight reel to uh, cup in the back back of the end zone, which was uh, pretty sweet. Um, and the usual service was resumed with cup on most plays, but he did, like I say, seemed a bit rusty with uh, some overthrows, tip passes in general. Um, as I said, the strong show from the Bills D kind of made things hard for Stafford all night, really. Mm, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford kicked off exactly where they left off last season. 128 yards and 13 catches with a touchdown. But nobody else on the Rams really stood out for me on offense apart from Cooper Cup. You had Tyler Higby, who was the highest scoring tight end of the week, of the match, sorry. And um, outside of that for the Rams, you had Henderson. He was the lead back, clearly. Cam Akers had three touches. Henderson had 13 carries, only 47 yards, but he did have five receptions. So in your PPR leagues, he would have picked up around 12 points, which is decent for a flex. If he keeps up them um, catches all season, then he could be all right, to be fair. But the Bills, Josh Allen masterclass for me. Um, Diggs had five less catches than Cooper Cup but he only put up six less yards and he did score as well. But that was with Josh Allen supporting Gabriel Davis for 88 yards on four catches as well as a score. And that's pretty much all it was last night. Dawson Knox didn't turn up to the party. Alan Robinson, I think he caught one pass. And that was pretty much it. Yeah, I have to agree. Like, offensively... They had they had the players they chose, didn't they? And then it kind of tapered off a little bit there. Yeah, for the defensive score, and I think the defense was um the showstopper of the night, particularly the Bills defense. I mean, the Rams did okay in terms of the stats that they got, but yeah, the Bills were impressive. Three interceptions, seven sacks, 
hit the quarterback 15 times, only 10 points allowed. Big difference in this game. Von Miller, you know, switching from the Rams to the Bills, you know, Stafford's uh, loss is definitely, um, you know, the, the Bills' gain. You know, Stafford was terrorised all night. I think he, he led the, the team with two sacks. Um, you know, just absolutely dominant display. Interestingly enough, the third interception that um, Stafford conceded, he wasn't actually looking at where he was throwing. It was a no-look pass and it bounced off Cup's hands and just looped into the defender's arms. And, you know, quite a risky play considering they were two scores down at the time. Um, but, um, yeah, and tough, tough, tough uh, Allen's interceptions as well when it came to the Rams. You know, two interceptions, two sacks. Two forced fumbles and recoveries from uh, Cook on his first play and from Zach Moss. Um, interesting enough, Allen's interceptions went to the players who were playing in the slot at the time. So McKenzie and Crowder potentially looking for a Beasley replacement there. But, you know, we'll just have to see how it pans out and who who wins that battle. But, um, you know, Bill's a tough ask for the for Rams, um, especially for the start of the season. With McKenzie yeah. having the touchdown, he kind of saved his night because, like you say, um, McKenzie and Crowder's targets for them interceptions. Josh Allen didn't really do a lot wrong. No, not at all. Like there was, there was uh, contested catching for for one of them, wasn't there? Um, there was juggling between yeah, that the two was the of them. McKenzie one, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and he ripped, ripped it away. And yeah, unfor- unfortunately, you know that counts against Allen. But yeah, aside from that. You know some some really excellent quarterback play, uh, virtually unstoppable. You know Rams have got a a lot of uh, answers to do, especially with that um, with any other quarterbacks they come up against in that elite tier. It's going to be tough for him. Yeah. Any uh, particular big plays that stood out for you that we haven't mentioned already? Um, the the drive for Josh Allen's rushing touchdown for me, thirteen plays, eighty nine yards, but it was the forty seven yard bomb to Gabriel Davis that set it up. And then even on great coverage by the Rams, Josh Allen faked, ran the other way, and then he held the ball out over Bobby Wagner for the touchdown. He's showing you the legs are still here. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Josh Allen masterclass for me last night. And yeah, yeah, that was a great, great touchdown. Great play. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. yeah, smashed it with that one. I, I love that play to Davis. It was right at the start of the fourth quarter, and I thought I, I could feel that this is the perfect opportunity for Alan to keep that momentum going and, and he just he just dropped it into him. It was it was sublime, you know, start that start that quarter off really quickly. Uh, my play is the a play that led up to the Rams touchdown. So fourth and two, you know, the, the few of the plays before that hadn't gone very well. So um two punts and interception on the first three drives. The Rams really need to get something going. Stafford uses his favorite target, gets it to Cup, and Cup's getting tackled a yard from the marker at that point. But it takes Rams players to just swarm around him, push him over that first down marker and just keep that drive going. And I think if the Rams had kept that momentum up, they went in at the half equal because of that. And, you know, that could have been the key for them to continue going. It's just unfortunate that, you know, Alan was just too good. The Bills went away with it from that point. All right. So next up, we've got the injury report. Stick it on, Rob. Yeah, so not so much people that was injured last night because it was pretty um, a clean bill of health coming out of that one. But I think the Rams could do with getting Van Jefferson back as another option for Stafford, who was there last year. Mm. But let's talk about the running backs first for this weekend. So we've got... I've chosen three in particular, ones that have been a little bit uh, questionable in the the off-season, coming into the pre-season and... You know, 
raising question marks for week one. First one we've got is Miles Sanders, who are playing the Lions. He's had a hamstring injury. It's been bothering him for a few weeks. Um, he did announce uh, in the last uh, day or so that he is ready to go for week one. But you can never really trust hamstring injuries. They're the kind of ones that linger around a bit and just takes a little bit of a tweak. So there's a small chance that a tweak that could happen to him during the game, he could be off the field as soon as he's back on into it. So um, it's important to remember that um, Kenny Gamewell's also there. Boston Scott's there as well. They've taken decent roles when Sanders been out previously. Gamewell's going to be good for the PPR side of things. Scott has been very effective in the red zone when he's been out there as well. So that's something to consider for those two. Moving on to J.K. Dobbins. Um, he's got the, the knee injury that he sustained last season. Training reports suggest he's almost there and he's ready to contribute. But there's been a few press conferences that have come out uh, this last week that sounds like he's actually still a couple of weeks away from being at full health. So I think if they do put him out there, it will be a risk. It won't be very much. So you're looking at Mike Davis taking some of the early down work on Kenyon Drake potentially acting as the pass-catching role as, as when he's come in. And then finally, we've got Elijah Mitchell at the Bears with a knee injury. He wasn't on the Thursday injury report, so he could be ready to take that starting role. Debo, you know, he's, he's had um, you know con contract demands, which we'll probably talk about in a little bit. He's drawn in to move away from running back and just stick to the wide receiver stuff, so it's unlikely he'll see the same amount of carries. So... You might see a bit more from Jeff Wilson, particularly in the first few games, particularly in this game where there could be a positive game script as well. I, I quite fancy uh, Wilson to see a few more points than normal. Nice. Next up, uh, Jets up against the Ravens. They have named Flacco as a start for the opening game of the season, but not just that. They've also had to put him in for the first, at least the first three games. I don't think Zach Wilson's knee is going to be ready until week four. So that's something to watch. Um, Joe Burrow, he's appendix obviously over the off season. Uh, he has returned to practice this week, ready to go. Possibly not going to be match fit, but who knows? I mean, I can hope that he's not going to be match fit as a Steelers fan, but yeah, <laughs> something, something to watch. I'll kick off with Joe Burrow's teammate T Higgins. They formed a great rapport from the get go, and he underwent shoulder surgery this off season to repair a torn labrum. He's missed the majority of the preseason, but he returned to team drills on August the 14th, so a little while ago now. He did miss practice last Wednesday, but returned on Monday, and there's been no, no indication he'll miss week one, but he could be limited if he does suit up, so that you'll be looking at the likes of Tyler Boyd, potentially CJ Uzoma or Tyler Conklin to step into that pass-catching role because Higgins does get volume still, even with Chase there. And then you've got C.D. Lamb, Dallas against the Bucks this week. He caught a foot laceration in practice, but he shouldn't miss any regular season action. He's still been doing team drills, and the worst-case scenario, he could be limited in practice. Um, the Cowboys do need him week one after yeah. the departures of Cooper and obviously... Michael Gallup with a more serious injury. And of, you mentioned Debo Samuel at the Bears. He's got a bone bruise behind his knee. So he missed practice last Thursday, but he's still been doing conditioning work, just not the team drills. He returned on Monday, so another good sign he'll be ready to go week one. And none of these three have been on the injury report Wednesday or Thursday. So that means they've logged full practices 
and they should be good to just plug and play this weekend in your fantasy lineups. That will be really good news for those players, uh, and especially the fantasy players who've got them in the teams as well, because those are big, big players who could make a big difference. Um, we're going to move on to weak points next. So here's a video for that one. This segment looks at those teams who are finding it hard to stop fantasy points against certain positions. So we've only had one game so far in 2022. So uh, we're going to look at the 2021 stats for NFL teams. And hopefully there's some kind of correlations. Not every team has like ditched their entire defense. So um, it's likely that some of these cracks could still be there. So let's look at the weakest teams against quarterbacks first. Sweet last season, that was the Kansas City Chiefs. They conceded 4,442 passing yards, 26 passing touchdowns, and only made 15 interceptions. They also conceded seven rushing touchdowns as well. So that was the most in the NFL in 2021. That translates to about 20.4 points a game on the official NFL fantasy scoring app. Uh, in comparison, the Bills that we saw last night, they were pretty uh, pretty good. They conceded only 10.9 points per game last year, uh, which is nearly half as much. So the Chiefs play the Cardinals week one, which could be a perfect start for your Kylie, Kylie? Kyler Murray selections. <laughs> Must be the backup. Must be the backup. Kylie Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie Murray. <laughs> or his alter ego. Who knows? But the weakest against running back was the Seattle Seahawks. Middle of the road for conceding rushing yards and touchdowns, conceding only 14. But compared to the 23 by the Jets, it ain't too bad. It was the receiving running backs that made the ground against Seattle. 127 receptions, producing 1,106 yards. The only team to concede over 1,000, actually. And this averaged out at 27 and a quarter points per game. They played the Broncos week one. Um, <laughs> the return of Russell Wilson, of course, as we know. But it could be a feast for whoever the Broncos decide to deploy from their backfield. Um, it's probably going to be split again. But who really knows now? Javante, obviously the stable floor. And he was used more as a pass catcher than Melvin Gordon last season. Um but the Lions actually conceded the most receiving touchdowns against running backs with eight. So if Miles Sanders is banged up, maybe Kenneth Gainwell takes the passing work. He's one to look out for as well mm. against Detroit. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I think we may talk about him a little bit later on as well. Um, we've got weakest against wide receivers. It was close call between the Colts and the Falcons. Falcons. But Atlanta ended up being the uh, the top position in 2021. 228 receptions for just over two, uh, 2,500 yards and 19 touchdowns. That translated to nearly 40 points a game, which is a boatload. Um, they come up against the Saints in week one. So as we know, we've got quite a few new faces in the, in the Saints wide receiver group. But we've also got Michael Thomas coming back as well. You know, He's not played for a while, but I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to use it as a springboard, You know, see what he's made of. They concede a lot of points, so I think this could be a good game for Thomas if people um, pop him in, especially on the flex. The Colts, they conceded the most passing touchdowns, so they were close last year, but the most passing touchdowns were conceded by the Colts, and they play the Texans. And as we know, positive game script for the Colts might mean that the Texans throw the ball a lot in this game. So that's good news for Cooks, 
for Collins and whoever else is there as well. Maybe even we might see Chris Moore get a touchdown. Who knows? Finally, weakest against the tight end last season was the Bengals, which is great news for the Steelers. We like this. And my boy, Move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cincinnati conceded an average of 14.3 points per game from 96 completions, 1,083 yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. So, Frey Move uh, has already said he could do better this year. So, it's perfect opportunity for him to start it the way that we want it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The only way is up for Frey Move, isn't it? Now that Ebron's gone. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Our final segment is Flex of the Week. So Flex of the Week is when we choose someone who we think will do well in your flex positions, in your fantasy lineups for this weekend's matches. And we said we'd come into him a little bit more. And for me, it's Kenneth Gamewell. So Sanders has been banged up. Hamstring is dodgy. He could be limited this weekend anyway. He's a great pass-catching RB. Um, It's a decent game script with the Lions letting up the most passing touchdowns to running backs last year. Receiving touchdowns, should I say. Um, Which was eight, I believe. The Eagles O-line is no joke. So the opportunity is there for him to cement that role as the team's RB1. And they, they run first. I mean, for me, Kenneth Gainwell this week in the flex is not a bad play at all. Mm, yeah, I agree. Who have you got, Pitsy? Funnily enough, I'm going back to one of my picks two years ago, which is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Debo has actually been my guy and still is my guy, but I'm liking Ayuk as my flex this week. Um, Debo obviously messing around this offseason, asking to be traded. Ayuk was in California with his new quarterback getting ready for the season. So uh, on top of that, the Bears D is going to go through some things this this year and there's potential just to collapse against the uh, 49ers offense, which will help Ayuk. Uh, and obviously with Debo kind of con- wanting to concentrate more on passing than running, um, the Bears D is most likely going to be putting more coverage on him. And yeah, Trey Lance can, he can go with the run game too. But again, the D will be looking at that and knowing that he can run, which should and could open up that uh, field for Ook to kind of sneak in, really. Mm. Isn't it good when you've got um, players on your team who can take the coverage away from you and actually maybe make you have a big score in week in, week out? Um, yeah. My flex player is someone who's very along, very similar along those lines. Um, he actually finished as a top 12 wide receiver last year in PPR points, so likely considered a lot lower this year because of someone who has joined the team who's likely going to cast a shadow over him, uh, and that is Hunter Renfro. May look a bit out of place, especially like in the NFL with like this usual style and things like that. But he received high praise from Derwin James in an interview in the offseason recently, just because of how tricky he is and his route running is top notch. And when you've got uh, your O line having to deal with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, you know, for a play in, play out, you know, you're going to be wanting to get that ball as quickly away as possible. And if Hunter Renfro's making that separation, then I reckon he could be in for a lot of lot of receptions, a lot of points in this game, especially if Devante Adams is taking that coverage away from him. So um, I'm expecting a lot. Waller's also not played a lot this season in this preseason. He's been dealing with the contract and he's been out of training as well. So I expect him to be rusty. You know, And in that uh, regard, I think Hunter Renfo is still going to see quite a few targets in this game. So I'm quite excited for that. I'm excited to see how all these picks go. I think it's gonna, they're all, all really good choices. 
Boys, football's back. Yeah, and football is back. And that is that for week one from Fast Action Friday. It's amazing for it to be back. And I'm grateful to join you two guys. It's going to be available wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. But until then, keep rushing. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.